Good morning. We have a tough topic today, one that people don't really like to talk about a whole lot, and that's legal issues. You know, how do you stay out of legal trouble? It's not the easiest thing, and yet it is easy. You know, it's kind of one of those balancing things. But there's a lot here to talk about. How do you stay out of legal trouble? Stay away from it. Hey, real quick this morning, hit that like button. I love it when you hit the like button. It it just makes me smile throughout the day. The like buttons come in, and I, and I just I, I dearly love it. Also, your comments. I would love to hear your comments on the legal topic. What do you tell the agents you work with? What do you tell your clients about legal? What about when they ask, you know, what about when they ask, well, how do I take title? What do, what do you do when they ask about a, a literal legal topic? How do you sidestep this and keep yourself out of trouble? All right, let's, let's get over to it right after this. We're going to peel this thing apart and make sure you're not in legal trouble. Let's hear this announcement real quick. So, Rod, what does it mean, seven minutes to a new career? Well, in seven minutes, we can have a cup of coffee. We can talk career goals and how we're going to help you make the biggest career move in your life. That's right. There's a lot of things that Mountain Hood Realty has to offer, and Rod is a ball of energy. I love the career, and I want to share with you my passion for building your business bigger than you ever thought it could be. Come spend seven minutes with us. We look forward to it. Talk to you soon. The guru is live again. All right. We're talking about legal topics this morning. How do you stay out of legal trouble? You know, nobody wants to get sued. Nobody wants to get that negligent suit coming after them. Nobody wants to get that suit coming after them for, you know, acting like a lawyer when you're not. You're a realtor, and a realtor is a powerful thing to be. But, we're, you know, if you're a realtor, usually you're not an engineer. Usually you're not acting as the attorney and I, you can hold all kinds of licenses, but you probably want to hold the one hat with the one client at one period of time and not multiples. I'm an attorney. I'm extraordinarily careful about this. When I'm representing a client as a realtor, I want to be the realtor and not their attorney. Even I, even your guru, I don't want to be their attorney. I want to be their realtor. And being a realtor is a powerful position that you have studied for. You are building your career. That's why you're here this morning, making sure you can build your career bigger than ever before is one of my themes, is building your career bigger than ever imagined before. All right. So it all starts with the contract, as they say. But the contract comes in many forms. Can a contract come in oral form? And the answer is absolutely. Now, the actual contract for the real estate, no, we know we have to have that in writing. But there can be lots of other pieces to the contractual relationship that we have with our client. And that those contractual pieces can come in the form of oral and form, including warranties. 
wow, where do warranties come out of? Why is he talking warranties? Why is the guru going off the ledge and talking about warranties? Because you can express a warranty oral informed to somebody and they can detrimentally rely upon it. And now you've expressed a warranty. You're in legal trouble. You said this, this roof will absolutely, I guarantee you, last at least 10 years. Is that a warranty that could be believed? It's not one of those outlandish things of a Pinto is the best car on, on the planet. <laughs> well, now I'm dating myself. Let me take a sip of a cup of coffee because I, I'm definitely dating myself when it comes. You may not remember the Pinto. The, the Pinto was not such a good car. A, a few gas tank problems, maybe. If you remember the Pinto, throw me a comment. I'd like to hear, hear your, your memories of what, what the Pinto age was. All right. And the Ford Pinto, by the way, in case you're looking at them. All right. So how do we stay out? Literally, how do we stay out of this? Well, don't here's here's some quick and easy points to make. Don't be the point of decision. What do we mean by not being the point of decision? That that's that is an incredibly powerful statement to say don't be the point of decision. But what does it really mean? What it means is you're not the one making the final decision for the client the final decision by the way can have different viewpoints to it and you're still the one making the final decision for example your client maybe they're from out of the area maybe they don't know the area maybe they just, they're very confused and they say well do i need to have an inspection for this and you say oh you should have an inspection for this and here's the inspector so you offered them one inspector you said yes, and you're just kind of thrusting it down their throat. This is what you need to do. That is not a good idea. You should offer them multiple. You should have a conversation. You see how you're becoming the point of decision making for them to abs absolutely have an inspection. That you should have an inspection. I agree with that point. The point we're making here is, is that you're giving them one opportunity, one offer. They don't know how to do this. They don't know where to look. Maybe you need to be the point of showing them where to look and how to look for an inspector. I know we all have our favorite people that we work with. There's a whole variety of industries that we work with all the time. However, it's incredibly important that we don't offer something so narrow, so tied in to things that we just happen to like, that it really is giving our clients no opportunity of decision. That puts you in the point of decision. That puts you in legal trouble. And there is where I do not want you. I want to build your business bigger than you could have ever imagined before. And how we're going to do that is keep you out of legal trouble, for goodness sakes. All right. Explain the contract. You have to explain the contract. You know, too many times people say, all right, I love 123 Main Street. The price is right. The bedrooms are right. The children are in love with it. We love it. Let's make an offer. And you say, great, I'll have that offer over to you. 
and you go to your office and you put it together and lo and behold you hit the DocuSign send button. Don't you love the, the electronic signatures? I mean, it makes it so easy. And then 11 seconds later, maybe I'm exaggerating a little, 31 seconds later, less than a minute later, you have the document back to you and it's all signed and tidied up. Let me have a sip of cup of coffee here. Drinking my Black Rifle Coffee Company coffee this morning and loving it. I, you know, I love the smell of coffee in the morning. It really gets my senses rolling. All right. So, less than a minute later, they send that con back, contract back to you, and it's all tidied up. It's all signed. Signatures are in the right place. Everything is right. And you think, wow, I've done it. I, I, I am on solid legal standing. Could your client have read the contract in 31 seconds? I mean, this is a, you know, 11 to 13 page document plus addendums plus other things that you may be having them initial at the same time. It can be a large thing, but clicking through it on the internet, wow, you can sit there with your mouse and just Click, 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 click. And suddenly the document is signed and it looks beautiful. But are they fully aware of what they signed? Those of you who have been practicing real estate for a while, you know right there with me, they don't know what they've signed. They don't understand the FERPTA things. They don't understand the clauses to the contract. They don't understand the commissions in the contract. They don't understand all the different conditions to the contract. Before you have someone sign the contract to keep you out of legal trouble, you need to go through the contract with them and explain paragraph to paragraph generally what's going on. Not making decisions for them, but generally what's going on in the contract. This is our contract as realtors. This is something that we really take ownership of. This is where you're making the money. It's not opening the door. It's not having them follow you around town. It's negotiation and the negotiation piece one of the big pieces of it is the contract itself. Now, negotiation, of course, starts with your client. It starts learning about the house. There's a whole piece prior to the contract. But the contract is a significant piece of negotiation. There's timetables in there, you know, of when the inspections have to be done, when you're predicting closing, what kind of lender are you using, which all of these things, if they're changed, you are changing the contract and the other side would not have to agree to it. And your client can say, well, you always knew I, was, I wasn't certain about that lender. I don't want that lender. And you go to change the lender and, and the seller says, no. Now what do you do? Because now you're going to be out of contract. This is a potential legal problem between you and your client. If your client can show that they had told you before ahead of time 
Yes, they clicked through the contract. They took the 31 seconds and clicked through the contract. But have they become aware? Have they become informed as to what's going on in the contract? Unless you took time. Nobody's ever thought in history that people would click through and sign a contract in less than a minute with documents. This is a new animal to us in the last few years. Nobody ever thought about it. Let me take another sip of coffee this morning. So you want to discuss the pros and cons as you're going through the contract. There's a lot of pros and cons. There's a lot of choices. And the choices aren't necessarily right or wrong. But they're choices they have to make. Let's move over real quickly. I've been dealing a lot with the buyers. But the, on the seller side, there is a ton of choices. Think about the disclosure choices. You can't fill this out for them. This is not a document to be filled out by the realtor. You want to get in legal trouble quickly? Start filling out disclosures. I've heard of lots of people filling this out for them. I would never allow that. I would never, never allow someone to fill out the disclosures for the sellers. They are the one. The reason it has to be filled out by the sellers is they are the ones with the intimate knowledge of those pieces. And yes, it's a long laundry list of things going on. You know, it's kind of crazy. You look at this and people say, why would I ever want to? I'm going to take I'm going to take a ruler and just strike down I don't know on everything. That doesn't get them out of legal trouble. One moment. Still sipping up my coffee this morning. So in the disclosures, taking a ruler and, and a pencil and striking straight down through I don't know on everything. That is more legal trouble then you think you need to push that back to your client and say, this is unacceptable. You've been living in this house for 10 years and you don't know anything. You can't avoid liability just, and your client can't avoid liability just by striking. I don't know. That does, is not how it works. They have to know something. They've been living there 10 years. It's been a long time. Well, you need to push them to go over it and take it very serious. They need to know about the contract. You need to go over the contract in great detail as much as possible. Now, you're not making the choices for them. And that is the point. You're not practicing law. You're practicing being a realtor. One of the most powerful careers. It's wonderful. You know, being a realtor, you are part of about 25% of our macro economy. This is huge. About 25% of our macro economy is tied to what you do. You don't need to get out of your lane and become a lawyer. You don't need to get out of your lane and become the accountant and, and go and interpret P&Ls. 
Why would you? You're already tied to 25% of the economy, for goodness sakes. Isn't that isn't that good enough? But my goodness sakes, it's huge. Let's stay in our lane. Let's do what we do best. I've seen people guess about PLs, you know, profit and loss statements. Let me take a look at the PLs, and I think this is what this means. And you're inter you're interpreting it for you're representing maybe them buying a business, a restaurant or something. Bring in a, an accountant to interpret those documents. Bring in a finance person to interpret the break-even analysis. There are several ways to interpret a break-even analysis. Why be the one? What you need to do is point them to someone that can go over. This does not lessen. It does not bring you down in the industry. This will make you the shining star to your client. How you do that is you're not sidestepping. You're meeting the issue head on. It's not a sidestep. It's a head on. Wow, here's our issues. Looks like we have a bunch of financial statements. We are going to bring on a professional to come in and, and tell us exactly what this means so that you are fully informed of them. So you're meeting the issue head on with them. You need to ask clarifying questions, not make final decisions. You need to ask clarifying questions. This is critical. Help your client with clarifying questions, not make the final decision for them. Always leave the final decision. You know, your client, uh, we all know this happens. If you've been practicing any amount of time, you know this happens. The client turns to you and said, and they'll say this, would you buy the home? My, for my wife and I, when we're, when we're working with a client, and they ask us this question. Our patent answer is, is, no, this isn't the house that we would buy. We have a house. It's somewhere else. We're not even thinking about this. This is, what would you do? We just turn it back over to them. When they say, would you buy the house? No, I'm not in the market. This isn't what I'm doing. I have comparables for you. The final decision is absolutely yours. It's not what, what I do. It's does it fit the needs of the buyer? If it's the seller, well, would you sell the house for this price? That's, it, that's not my house. It's not my asset. It's not my biggest asset in life. It's theirs. It's their home. It's their largest asset in life. And you need to give them the information, present clarifying questions for them to think about, and bring them along so that they can make the decision. Now, people need help making decisions. I'll admit that. People can be difficult to make a final decision, and it's because they're not informed enough, and you need to take them down the path of information. Paraphrase back to your client what they are saying. Here's what I heard you say, John Doe. And paraphrase it back. 
what do you think? Am I hearing you correct that you want to list this house for $400,000? Is that right? We have the data here. You're paraphrasing it back to keep you out of legal trouble. So they're not saying, you pushed me into this. I didn't ever know what we were going to list it for. You gave me the DocuSign and told me where to sign. I've even heard some realtors have went and logged in and signed for them because they said, well, they just weren't able. Well, maybe if they're not able, maybe they need personal representation and you're not it. You're not the personal representation. You are a realtor, one of the most powerful careers in our economy, but you're not a personal representation for signature purposes. They need to sign or they need to get a personal rep that can sign for them and you can't be the one. You certainly can paraphrase back. It's a powerful tool. Paraphrasing back is feeding them back their own words so they are hearing it. Sometimes people don't hear their self and it's powerful for people to understand and hear their self. Okay. Does your client fully understand what's going on is, is the next question we have in front of us. Does your client fully understand? Well, this is a difficult thing. When, we, when we're asked later and there's a controversy, well, does your client fully understand what they were signing? This is where you need to make sure you can show you have given the information. You have presented the information. You've, you, they didn't sign it without conversation in 31 seconds. You presented the information. You took time. You documented it on your calendar. You had a sit down with them. You went over this. It's their first contract. So you took time to coach them on what this actually means, the dates, the timelines who the lender is, everything involved. You have coached them through this. So to your understanding, they understand. You really can't get it much better than that. That, be, that puts you in a defensible mode. You are at least defensible at that point in time. Take a minute and follow us on social media. I love it when people follow us, make comments, ask questions. I want to help you build your career bigger than ever before. And I want to, of course, keep you out of legal trouble. By building your career bigger than you could have ever imagined, we are honoring your family. We are honoring your career and your desires we are honoring where you need to be going with the career. Follow us on social media. We are live every day with new information. Helping carve out that information with you to build your career. So hit the follow button on social media. On YouTube, what you want to do is hit the subscribe button. It only takes a second. Hit the subscribe button 
and then with the subscribe button will open up for you is the member guru members only events where we can send you messages and we can send you follow-ups and we have special events for guru member only guru members only have special events and special information coming out to them be part of the guru members only and let's build your career all right follow up with your client is critical always it's just like we want people to follow us on social media you need to follow up with your client this is all about documentation you want to state to your client in an email this is where i what i understand you want to do i understand you want to have an open house on the 17th i understand you want to increase the price of your home you want to lower the price of your home you want to make an offer on 123 main street and then you want to hear something back from them there's too many people that simply go to their office fill out the contract and send it over and get it back in 31 seconds this is not protecting yourself liability wise you need to show this the string of conversation that you've had and the follow-up See, the follow-up shows that you've had a conversation. Because you're in the email, you're saying, hey, we discussed a couple hours ago. I wanted to get back to my office and send this over to you. We discussed a couple hours ago about you making an offer one, two, three Main Street. I'm putting that together. Do you have other thoughts about conditions of the home that you're concerned with right now? You wanted some time to think about this, and I'm just following up with you. You see what we've done here? We have put together a follow-up, establishing we had a meeting earlier, and the conversation, the content of the conversation that we had. That is beautiful. That's defensible. And that's what you want to be in. That's where you want to be involved in. Well, running low on time here. You need absolutely to be covering the conditions of the contract. You, do you need a contractor inside there? Do you need one built into the contract where you say you want things repaired? Maybe. These are all conversations to have. You may need repairs. You may need all kinds of things. And in the addendums of the contract, having this conversation with your client, you're not the one making the decisions. Your client's making the decisions. And you're keeping them well informed about a variety of people that are available to do this and how to search. You know, sometimes people just don't know how to search for something. Years ago, lots of years ago, inside of our shop, we wanted to put some pallet racking in. You know, that Costco steel? We didn't know what to call it. We were calling it heavy-duty shelving, all kinds of things. All of a sudden, after substantial searching, we landed on the term. We needed to call it pallet racking. Well, pallet racking, all of a sudden, the whole Google search came up with pallet racking. I, I found it everywhere. But I didn't have the term initially as to what to call it. Well, your client is the same thing. Sometimes, this is a new industry. For lots of people you're dealing with, this is their first home. They don't know what to call things. They don't know what something is. They didn't know that they could have a loan in their name, but put their spouse on the title with them. 
And what does that actually mean for them? Do they have to do it? What kind of state are they in? You may need to have them go and talk with a lawyer about titling and, and the implications. You may need to have them talk to a CPA to find out what's going to happen tax burden wise. You are helping someone purchase one of the most powerful wealth building vehicles of their life. But there are other implications that are happening that you they need to be aware of and you need to be the source of the source. This is Real Estate Daily. I am your real estate guru. I'm here to help you build your career larger than ever before. We have one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. You can see the link right down here below, the link to our Kickstarter and coaching programs. Go to that link, take a look at our 100% money back guarantee programs to help you build your career bigger than you could have ever imagined. I'll be talking to you tomorrow.